According to a recent survey conducted by Gallup, it found that only 11% of CEOs believe that they have a strong enough bench where they feel they can develop someone else on their staff into a leadership role. Rob Keller Worski is obsessed with developing leaders from now and into the future. He's a leadership, psychological safety, and mental health podcaster who focuses on building high-impact leaders who turn their teams into happy high performers who achieve their goals. So you may be pondering the question, how does this high-impact difference maker and change catalyst get the job done? Well, you have no reason to ponder anymore because Keller Rowski joined me this week to have a deeper conversation about leadership development, optimizing a team's productivity, and creating an environment where everyone wants to and thrives when they come to work. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. Happy Friday to you, and it's uh, thank you for having me on, especially especially episode 500. Yeah, it's a reason to celebrate, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, I think I heard somewhere that it was once you get past episode 8, you, you're pretty much good to go going forward. So you've definitely surpassed that and a lot more. Uh, it's like riding a bike. The more you do it, the better you get at it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this morning, Rob, we're... Uh, here to talk to you all about leadership. I know that you uh, talk to leaders all about uh, psychological safety and mindset and that sort of a thing. So tell me about all the great work that you do and how you define leadership, my friend. Absolutely. And for me, leadership's about impact. And so it doesn't have to be this power over or I manage a certain group of people. It's none of that at all. It's all about how you show up to support the people around you to become better. And so really, the work that I do today, um, I'm coaching around 80 leaders right now. And they range basically from high potential individuals to executives that manage teams of about 80 people, maybe a closer to 100. And it's so rewarding to coach these folks, not not that they get 
better at their job, which they do, but the vast majority of them say things like, I feel better, I'm happier in my day to day. And that to me is, is really what's most important. Yeah, and when we look at uh, impact leadership, how do you think you define that one, brother? Yeah, impact is very much this ability for people to reach their highest potential. And so this is broader than just a business training. It's broader than just, hey, I want folks on my team to work harder or work more or work differently or be more productive. It's basically in all areas of their life. And it's an incredible journey to go on when you start digging into your own mindset and start to understand the rules that you play the game of life with. And so mindset, basically, I describe it as the operating system, which life is filtered through. And so it's Mindset's composed of beliefs, which we believe about ourselves, about other people, and about the way life works and the way that we need to be in life. And so these beliefs basically change everything. Often things are neither good nor bad. They just are. But because we have beliefs, we make them bad or good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the type of leadership coaching you do, as you had mentioned before, is all about mindset and neuroscience. But so how do you think those two things are interconnected? For us, it all starts, leadership starts with self and very much increasing self-awareness, both emotionally and also through the portal of mindset. And so... I'll give you an example about mindset. Let's say we're stopped at a stoplight and there's somebody in front of us and the light turns green and they don't immediately put on the gas. A large percentage of us get mad at the person in front of us. But it's not really good or bad. And it's not that we're going to be late to a meeting it's not that that extra two seconds really makes a difference in our lives, but because we get frustrated or we get angry at the person in front of us, it's we believe that they're doing something to us on purpose, which in general is not true. They're either on their phone, they're changing the radio, like whatever they're doing, it's not an attack on us. And so once we start to take the lens and make choices to change our mindsets, we can start to see what it really is, which is just someone is, you know, taking an extra few seconds, I'll still get to where I need to go. And it's not a huge deal. That's when we can start to make better choices, we can feel better. And then we can really step in and grow in the way that we want to. And that's where the mindset is really the key piece to it. 95% of our decisions are made by our mindset. They're made by our subconscious. So we don't even often make them in ways that are conscious. So example, I get up every morning, I walk the dog, I make coffee, I brush my teeth. I'm not consciously thinking about these things because obviously our brain 
wants us to save energy. How does this translate to leadership? It's these beliefs about ourselves. I belong in this room. I'm not good enough to be a leader. I shouldn't be on a podcast. I shouldn't have a podcast. What do I have to say that other people don't, haven't already said? Things like this, that are beliefs about the world that hold us back from being who we are and sharing what we have, our gifts to share. And so that's where we need to overcome those. Yeah, and Rob, anyone that may be wanting this, I'm fascinated to ask you if you had a, a message for leaders of companies or those that run businesses and say that I really want to motivate my team to be better performing or motivated to take initiative. What would you tell them? The <laughs> more motivation is is kind of not exactly a thing. Motivation goes and comes depending on the day. That's not a, it's and especially from a sense that most leaders or most companies do it, they do very much risk reward motivation or carrot in the stick motivation. Hey, you hit your targets, I'm going to give you a bonus. Hey, you miss your targets. I'm going to be mad at you or I'm going to lay you off, right? And this type of motivation is not sustainable long term. And also, more than that, it doesn't allow folks to create, to innovate, to have the space in their own minds because they're just really focused on how do I hit the numbers? And so for me, motivation is definitely not the thing to focus on. It's focusing on the environment and building an environment where folks feel safe, they feel included, they feel like they belong, and they feel like their work matters, and they matter as people. And actually, the research shows that not only is it good for well-being, it's also incredibly good for performance. So that's the best way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. When you talk about work mattering, Rob, you know, uh, I'm going to share just a little bit about myself. You know, I was born with what's called a spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. You know, outside of this podcast party, I've worked with businesses and organizations to better infuse uh, folks with disabilities into the workforce. So when we look at leadership from diversity, equity, and inclusion, what do you think of there, buddy? Yeah, for me... I mean, you're, you're talking about inclusion, right? And this is a human need that we all have. We all need to feel like we belong within a group. This is like part of how, you know, we evolved over time. And we also need to feel like we matter as individuals. And we really need as leaders to foster an environment where people are respected they're valued, and they feel that sense of belonging and mattering. It's sometimes hard to do, but often what really holds us back from that is our own insecurities and our own beliefs about ourselves and what the world is like. And so once we start to understand and turn on the lights of self-awareness and turn on the understandings that 
we are ourselves good enough, we can start to see the value in others. And that's where I always start with is healing a lot of the stuff that folks have around I'm not good enough or I need to be this or I need to be that. And often what that really does is it starts to allow people to see how incredible each other are. Indeed. And, and Rob, I'm curious to ask you about building winning cultures at work. I mean, whether you have uh, principles to do that as well. Absolutely. And the first, I mean, the first thing really ties into the question before, right? Everybody needs to understand that they have value regardless of their deliverables. They need to, and then leaders really need to create a low fear, high trust environment. These things are around, you know, increasing psychological safety, increasing trust, increasing connection, all these things. And it definitely not only increases the well-being of everybody, um, according to Paul Zach's article and research in Harvard Business Review, high trust companies have 74% less stress, 106% more energy at work, 50% higher productivity, more engagement, less sick days, less burnout. So it's good for the people. And then according to the London Business School, high trust companies also outperform their competition by 2 to 3% per year in stock returns over a 26-year period. So trust is the foundation of everything. Indeed, and I know that you also believe that mental health and psychological safety are also interconnected. So let's take a minute to talk about uh, mental health and how important it is to be cognizant of that when we're building a winning conference. Totally. And that's, I mean, that's obviously... It's, it's the reason I do this work. Um, I'm an engineer by trade. I worked 10 years in mining, oil and gas and the heavy industry. And the leadership in those environments is very much the fear-based. It's very much the command control old style leadership. And it really put a strain on me and I suffered with depression. I had a suicide attempt in 2013, and it took a lot of the deep excavation and then learning about, you know, hey, there is a better way. And not only does this better way make folks feel better, it also gets us better business outcomes. So it's a win-win across the board. And that's the real thing for me. It's not like I'm not going to stand here and say, hey, you know, if you have good leaders, it doesn't mean your folks don't have to go to therapy if they struggle. They don't need a psychiatrist. Like these things are true if they suffer from mental illness. But as leaders, if we create these high trust cultures, where folks understand their value, they understand they make a difference, it actually reduces a lot of the like burnout and the stress, and folks feel better. And when they feel better at work, they feel better at home. And that's really what matters. And one of the ways to spread those messages, buddy, is through the art of uh, podcasting. So tell me about 
the podcast you host and what it's all about, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. And so I host, or I'm a co-host of the Leadership Launchpad Project podcast. It's one of the top leadership podcasts in Canada. And we have guests on who are experts in leadership. They are authors. They're CEOs. We had an Olympic gold medalist. We had uh, a ton of incredible people on the show. And it's just like this one. It's a passion project for me. I love having folks on and really asking them what I want to know. And I find it's an incredible learning experience for me as well as it's a, it's a ton of fun. It, it's a creative learning experience, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And Rob, I'm, I'm curious to ask you about your own personal motto in life and what really energizes you uh, to get up in the morning. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tied to the work that, or the what I told you just before. It's, I suffered a lot because of the leadership that I was working for. And now my mission is that I don't want people to suffer like I did. And so the more that I can support leaders in growing these high trust, low fear cultures and changing their own narratives about themselves, the better that people can feel. And ideally, they don't have to go through what I did. Indeed. And you know, Rob, I always say when it, when it comes to leadership and prosperity, if you take ownership of your own uh, personal story, it can help lead to better prosperity, both in your professional and personal life. So I'm wondering your thoughts on that motto as well. Totally. And it's having a why. Obviously, Simon Sinek has a ton of material on why. But starting with why is an incredible way to develop intrinsic motivation. And that is actually sustainable compared to what we talked about earlier about, you know, the carrot and the stick. And if we can get up and be driven by that internal motivation, it allows us to shoot bigger, to think bigger, and to really try to make a difference. And for me, my story is something that I use to motivate myself. It's the reason I do the work that I do. But it's also an incredibly easy way for leaders to use it to create trust and connection. And so leaders, I always recommend they tell their own story. You don't have to include the dark stuff. But it's a great and easy way for them to be vulnerable to create connection and trust, which is basically the foundation of it all. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And Rob, if, if you, you were uh, in a room of leaders right now and you were asked the question, how can I stay motivated to be a sustainable, effective leader? What would you uh, tell them as your parting message? Find your own why. Yeah, it's important to be um, uh, in control of your own story. And when you're in control of your own story, you find your passion and purpose, right? Totally. And it's 
learning who you truly are and not who you were supposed to be. And that's the delta that is part of every person's own journey. And I can say it because it was me. I was supposed to go into STEM. I went in, I went to MIT, I was an engineer, and then I was supposed to get an engineering job that made me money. And I did that, and I almost killed myself. And changing and learning about who I am led me to quitting my job and now coaching leaders and trying to really, and making a vastly bigger impact than I did before. And that's really where folks, it's, it's the journey of learning that difference and the conditioning. Yeah, I, when we talk about leadership, Rob, I'm, I'm also fascinated to ask you how important is listening to others in terms of employees when you're in a position of power? That's really... So psychological safety is basically somewhat what you're saying. And fostering psychological safety, Google, Aristotle proved it's actually the number one predictor of high-performance teams. And what psychological safety is, is the ability for someone to speak up and share an idea, a thought, an innovation to challenge status quo and be heard by the folks around them without the fear of, hey, I'm going to get fired. Hey, I'm going to, you know, not get promoted. Hey, I'm going to be shunned from the group. Now, this does not mean I can come on and say, hey, my boss, I hate you. You're a dick, whatever. Like, this is not what psychological safety is. But it's like, it's more like you're in a meeting. They're asking for ideas or they're asking for brainstorming or they're asking for, does anyone have any problems? And you're willing to put your hand up and say, hey, this process isn't working for me. I think we could do this to make it better. Yeah, and, and to that point, just one final follow-up on that. I'm, I'm, what are your thoughts on the notion of diversity of perspective and how important that is? It's incredibly important. And the one of the most recent research pieces that Amy Edmondson put out, maybe I think it was a few months ago, she did some research with pharmaceutical R&D teams. And they actually found a correlation between diversity and psychological safety that meant the high psychological safe teams, when you added diversity, their performance got better. They developed better drugs, which in turn better performance for the company and also better performance or better helping the world. The inverse was also true. If you have a diverse team, but you do not have psychological safety, you actually get far worse performance than if you don't have a diverse team. So psychological safety, trust and connection underpin everything. There's no point in hiring diverse people and then basically not allowing them space to speak up because then you're just going to get the one opinion by the loudest person in the room. Indeed. And Rob, as we conclude our conversation today, I'm, I'm wondering your thoughts on 
the best part about being Canadian, Ronnie, and how you want your professional and personal legacy to be defined. It's a question we ask all our guests actually on the uh, on the leadership launchpad is the is about legacy. And for me, I want my legacy to be that I changed the game of leadership globally so no one had to suffer like I did. And that is on today and I'm going to try to make as big of a dent as I can. Absolutely. So uh, please connect with me on LinkedIn, Rob Kalvarowski, or you can check out the Leadership Launchpad Project on your favorite podcast platform, and you can head over to EliteHighPerformance.com to find out everything that we're doing there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rob, I, I want to formally thank you for being here this morning and for helping me uh, celebrate a milestone for the program and your work in leadership on your time. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. Congratulations on 500 episodes. That's an incredible accomplishment. So you should be totally proud of yourself.